Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. Karina Stamworthy stumbled into the dog grooming industry by chance. Yet, in 2021, she won ABC's Pooch Perfect, a creative dog grooming competition show. So when she joined the Pet Boss Club and became a member, I was so excited. And I am just as equally excited for you to get a chance to meet her in today's episode. Karina opened the Laundromut a self-service dog wash and grooming salon on the concept that washing your own dog should be easy and fun. She believes that your dog should always be in the most educated hands and in the cleanest and calmest environment possible. Karina is a college biology instructor, and she's also won the 2020 Barclay Honors for contribution to the industry for the work that she did in educating groomers during the pandemic. Now stick with me on this one because it has become one of my favorite episodes. Welcome to the Boss Your Business podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candice Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, Let's get started. So welcome, Karina, to the Boss Your Business podcast. I just am so excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you so much. It's a treat. I know today is going to be full of amazing stories, and we could probably talk so much. I really am just excited to see 
where the conversation takes us. Are you ready for this ride? Awesome. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, cool. So you have your brick and mortar business called the Laundromut, which, oh my gosh, fantastic name. Fantastic name. Thank you. And that is in New York. Okay. Yeah. We're in a suburb of Buffalo. So if you're not in the area, Buffalo, New York. Yep. Buffalo, New York. Okay. And when, tell me more about uh, how that business came about and how it's evolved. So I was taking a break after getting my bachelor's and I was planning on going back for uh, graduate school and I got a puppy and it was my first dog as an adult. I had dogs as a kid and our home at the time only had a shower stall. We didn't have a bathtub. So I got this lab puppy from the shelter and she just loved digging in mud and eating dirt and doing all those things. So I took her to I took her to the the big box stores and they groomed her and they did a really great job, but it got really expensive really fast because she kept getting muddy. So then I went to a self-service dog wash in the area and it was really great. I but I didn't have a lot of tools. I didn't know what I was doing. It was my first time washing my dog myself. And I just was handed some shampoo and said, okay, here you go. And she barked the whole time and I was anxious and she was anxious. And so I walked out of there and thought, maybe I'll just buy one of these tubs for my house. And then the more I thought about it was, I I just wanted to make the experience that I wanted. I wanted to create that experience for other people. Just basically six months later, it escalated very quickly from the time that I had got the dog to decided I was going to open a business. <laughs> so I I bought three tubs and three blow dryers and a couple bottles of shampoo. And I just rented a unit uh-huh. and there we it go. Well, and so, so was that first location, is that where you are currently? or was- It's about oh. three blocks north of okay. where we are now, or no, excuse me, five blocks north. It's still there. It's It was only maybe a thousand square feet. And so we just did self-service. We didn't even do nail trims in the beginning. We wouldn't even touch your dog. Yeah, because you weren't a groomer. You were just- No, no, I didn't know how. So didn't know how to do that. So we did end up hiring- a groomer about a year in. And we went through a couple of people before we found a good fit. And then things really took off from there. So then we added grooming on and that became actually the the largest kind of percentage of the business. Although self-service is still very core to what we do. We added daycare on, I think in around 2018, we ended up actually closing daycare after the pandemic and decided to go into a different direction with it. So now we have day training. And then we added retail. We've always dabbled in retail in our lobby, but about a year ago, we did a significant lobby expansion and we decided to really dive deep into making our lobby this really boutique space that we've always wanted it to be for our clients. So those are the four pillars of our business, self-service, full-service grooming, training, and then retail. And I think last count, we have 18 staff members at the best team of pet professionals in Western New York. And it's just a really fun place to be. I just want to like either compliment you or congratulate you on how you speak about your business. I think that our listeners here actually can learn a lot here. You speak so confidently and with such pride about what you've created and the team that you have that I applaud you for that. And I encourage all our listeners to, if you haven't had opportunities to really publicly speak about your business, to go do that because it is an important piece and to take really pride in what you've created. Absolutely. Yeah. No, they're fantastic. They're, if you hear, like I told you before, if you hear any moving and grooving around me, it's because we're closing down for the day and sending the rest of the dogs home. So there's always a bit of activity happening. That's right. Yeah. You're actually recording from the salon. You've got the big mirror in the back and the, mm-hmm. I see all the scissors hanging on the wall, the clippers charging and the cotton ball container, like all the things there. So that's great. 
So I'm curious, how did you transition or what was that transition? Like you said that you you had self-washes and then you added a groomer. I know when I had my self-wash, I probably wasn't marketing it very well. And so we weren't actually selling a lot of self-washes at that time. And then a groomer just happened to need work. I said, I don't have a list at all. We have to build this business from scratch. And he was willing to do the work with me to do that. And then eventually he got so busy that we didn't even, couldn't even squeeze in self-washes in there. So when you added the grooming, was it in that space where self-washes were? And how did you manage that? And how did the growth, tell us more about that, that growth as grooming grew? Yeah, it was, it was just me and the groomer washing dogs in the self-wash tub for a while there. And we quickly realized the space wasn't really built for a private grooming setting where you Mm -hmm. could wash dogs away from the self-service clients. But it's difficult because you have to start with a, you have a, completely empty book of business, like you said. And a lot of groomers will sometimes have clients that follow them. Uh, We weren't necessarily looking for that in the beginning. We were just looking for somebody to do nail trims and yeah, yeah, just help clients in the self-service tub. And I tell people that if you're looking into hiring a groomer, it's a bit like dating. Like you're going to go through I don't want to say stinkers because everybody's (laughs) got their place that they need to be. But what ends up happening is that there's a right fit for you and your leadership style. And there's a right groomer out there that will work really well in your, in your establishment. But for me coming on as a non-grooming owner in the beginning and not really understanding the industry, you have to have a tremendous amount of respect for what they do and allow a lot of input uh, from them into the process because you can read about grooming all you want. There's a lot you're not going to know unless you've done it for a while. And groomers uh, typically don't like working for owners that don't understand grooming. And it can work out. You can do it. You just have to be really mindful and really respectful of their experience and really take into heart the recommendations that they make. So when I found a groomer that was working for us, Really, the difference was I was very receptive to the changes that they wanted to make. Hey, let's put a table here. Hey, this would be better here. Hey, let's change our workflow like this. And if you can do that, then you will be successful. Mm -hmm. So that mindset, I love what you said about respecting the work that they're due and taking their input seriously. Did you have that from the beginning or because you were a new entrepreneur and you saw them as that guidance or were you initially, this is my business and I think it should be done this way. And there was headbutting that could tend Yeah. To- What's great is, so I say a lot of times that like my superpower in the beginning was I was too ignorant and too stupid to be brave. Everyone's wow, that was so brave starting your business. No, I didn't know to be scared. I didn't know enough to be scared. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, what? it's so easy. Somebody else can do it. I can do it. I definitely... I know exactly my limitations and I've always been somebody that is, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm going to call an expert. And that that's hard in the beginning because we're trained to be like, no, you can do your own accounting. You can just do it yourself or, oh, you can, yeah, you can make your own LLC in New York. You can do it yourself. Yeah. And I did those things at first in the beginning and I messed them up and then I had to hire people (laughs) to redo them. So I have a really healthy respect for expertise Mm -hmm. and particularly as we've grown, as we scaled that, that can only help you. So no, be humble because everybody's an idiot about something. (laughs) And I do feel like we do. I'm at least, I meet a lot of non-grooming salon owners who, or people who open the retail and then maybe the spot next door becomes available. They want to expand into grooming and they can't find that right groomer. They have the different expectations. So 
I love that you're saying just respect that what they do and, and find a way to collaborate and work together. So let's talk about your transition into that. So then getting, becoming a groomer, are you now, are you a certified groomer? Tell me more about your grooming. I, no, I actually, I don't groom. So I'm able to do simple services. I, I try not to do anything with shears or clippers okay. and that's a combination of things, but mostly it's just my, my heart and soul is in running the business. I do yeah. love handling dogs and I, I, there's nothing better than doing a good D shed and just, <laughs> it's really satisfying watching the hair come off these dogs. But the truth is that all of my groomers and my bathers and actually every member of my staff now is better at it than me. So why would I slow them down by getting in their way? But, but you pick things up along the way. Like I can do nail trims all day and Mm. is it the best use of my time? No, probably not, but I can. You might have a groomer that doesn't show or is sick, can't some, but the dogs still need to get done. And so you can look at your team of who we have here today and I can jump in and I'll do these things and you guys pick up where I can't. You yeah, know, kind of work. As yeah, a team. I love. Sometimes it's really nice to zone out in the drying room and just blow do- dry a dog. You, it's a really great way to turn your brain off for a little bit yeah. and just do a physical task. And it's that nice and warm in there in the winter yeah. too. So that's <laughs> I love that. I love that. So you have had your business now, and one of the, I think, highlights here of your career is that you won the Barclay Honors for contribution to the industry in 2020 for the work that you did in educating groomers during the pandemic. Wow. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah. It was a weird one. It was firstly the awards ceremony. Uh, It's normally at Groom Expo in Hershey, but obviously we didn't have one that year. So I got that award at my kitchen table instead of at the big ceremony. But how it came about was for the couple of years before that, I had started teaching salon sanitation really to anybody who would listen, because my background is in biology and biotechnology. I, at the time I was working part-time in a, in the college laboratory, growing up the microbes for the microbiology class. So I became really good at disinfecting things. And it turns out like that's really needed in a grooming salon. And during a pandemic. And during a pandemic. Yeah. (laughs) So I was teaching this for a couple of years and some people really bought into it and were like, this is super cool. Thank you for doing this. Like bringing more awareness to sanitation. And some people were like, ah, whatever. And then everything changed in March, 2020. And suddenly everybody was very interested in what kind of disinfectants to use. So I did a bunch of webinars over the course of the summer in 2020. I did some some Facebook lives and social media lives. I would post all the disinfectants that were approved for use because I don't know if, if people are starting to forget. It was like the Wild West, yeah. especially in in industry. People were just using all kinds of crazy stuff mm-hmm. trying to find something. So that was a huge honor. And it was such a privilege to be looked at to as a as a a resource during such a difficult time for our yeah. industry. My my salon was closed for 10 weeks and I just worked the whole time from my kitchen table because what else are you going to do? Yeah. And so did this, were you just doing these webinars because you felt like you needed to give back and help people or were the associations and groups that you were already involved in asking to put you in front of their groomers? It was a bit of both. Some people approached me and mostly, especially in the beginning when we weren't getting a lot of leadership from our government entities. I'm in New York State, but other states, it it was very different depending on what part of the country you were in. And it just, groomers were asking, what's the risk? We don't know if you remember, people were talking about, could the virus be carried on dog hair? Do I need to disinfect a dog before I wash it? Like really, in hindsight, kind of crazy stuff. But at the time, these were like questions that hadn't been answered. and, And people didn't quite understand how much the risk was. So I had a couple people approach me, Barkley put on some webinars, and just, it was crazy how much anything I posted during that time just got shared 
like wildfire because yeah. everybody was just so hungry for that information. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm hearing you now. I'm wishing that I knew that you were doing that back then because that's what I mean for us. Very similarly, I had just sold my last pet business a week before the state shut down. Oh my gosh. State. Yeah. So I had already been talking to these buyers for about a year and a half and doing when they were doing their due diligence to buy the daycare, realized our property that I didn't own, but the property wasn't zoned in the right way for them to acquire it and take over a lease. And so we had to go through Chicago city council and they had mayor changes and it was just getting dragged out and dragged out. Anyway, in January of 2020, we had picked March 5th as like the date to close because I was going to be gone at global. And when we were at global that year, it's like when everyone was talking about it and we were worried, could we even get home from the airports? What was going on? And then I was like, the signing date, like everything was done and we signed. And then I think around March 11th or somewhere around there that the state was shut down. One, I was like, born under a lucky star there (laughs) (laughs) because my overhead was significant as a lot of small businesses were or are. And I was just so thankful that I didn't have to worry about that. However, when you think about the universe does things for reasons, at the time I had already built Pet Boss Nation and I had all these hundreds of clients and a large community who were all in the situation of all the small businesses. And my husband and I just said, okay, what can we do? And basically 24 seven, we were watching all the newscasts. We were watching all the things, taking notes, basically being able to come into the groups in our community and decompress everything that was happening because a lot of brick and mortars who were not shut were like slammed with all the hoarding and the shopping yeah. it was like chaos and the employees were worrying about were they safe to be and but no business owner had time to even listen to what was going on or apply for their loans and when i feel like i do feel like obviously it was a very lucky opportunity but we just it allowed us to not worry about our business and really dive in and help pet professionals and so i know what you went through when people sharing it and leaning on you Thank you for what you did and how you stepped up in that way. Truly. And I'm glad that you got that award and they honored you because I look back and I was like, oh my gosh, that was like months of managing nervous energy. And we didn't have answers either. You probably didn't have all the answers. You were just trying to be as helpful as possible. To go back and look at them. It's a lot of, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. And (laughs) I was trying to be very conservative in my answers, but it's funny you say about like timing and something that I did in January of 2020. And this is something that I think all listeners are going to relate to. I hadn't paid myself regularly. And up until 2019, I had been taking money as a paycheck, like when I felt like we deserved it, when we had a good month. And in January of 2020, I was like, that's it. I'm adding myself as a salaried employee. I'm going to get a steady paycheck. And thank goodness I did, because when I laid myself off in March, I qualified for unemployment. And had I Uh not, I would have not gotten any unemployment at all. So it's funny, these things that we say you need to do for the health of your business, like sometimes there's real consequences to doing them or not doing them. And uh, and obviously I've been paying myself and everybody else on my staff ever since very regularly, but I'm just so glad that I did that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is going to get me to the question of contractor versus employee then, right? Oh yeah. Which we don't have enough time even to scratch the surface. I know. But the topic of what you just said about being able to claim unemployment, Again, a lot of salons want to have contractors, maybe even a lot of groomers still want to be contractors. I don't know, but it really isn't for the best safety of the groomer. At least how I understand it is if something were to happen, you can't prove the income that's coming in from that unemployment need, then they don't get the unemployment. 
exactly. And yeah. they made a lot of allowances during the pandemic, but yeah. I'll even, I even go a step further. Not only are we don't have contractors in my staff, yeah. we have all employees, but we don't pay commission. We pay hourly mm-hmm. with a production bonus. And we actually started that process in 2019. And again, I'm so glad we did because the horror stories I was hearing from groomers who were paid commission trying to get unemployment and how just really when you have a a paycheck that's all commission and no base salary, most places don't know what to do with that. Like like whether you're buying a house or buying a car or or you're going to the IRS and saying, this is my paycheck, they want to see that hourly rate that is much more reasonable to them. This is not super verified, but I do think that most of my groomers got their unemployment a lot faster Mm -hmm. because- they were on hourly versus just commission. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. That could be a whole episode. Of I know. I'm like, Karina, you need to come into the Pet Boss Club yeah. and do some trainings for our, I think, our Love community. It. Let's, do <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> we're going to get on books. Oh, okay. So this is how I know you is I saw you on TV. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I saw so. you on TV. And then I was following you on social media. And then when you joined the club, I was like, Holy moly. I think he's from Pooch Perfect. And I would love to know. So that was in 2021 is when it aired and you won it with Macy. Yeah. I'm still Um, surprised. I still don't know what happened. It's the single weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. I remember watching the episode. Oh, you do? Okay. (laughs) I I remember when they announced the winner, the director of photography or somebody because she came out and she was like listen we're going to announce the winner and they had us all lined up yeah. and she said there's going to be a big confetti cannon there's going to be a big boom okay don't be scared yeah, get ready for and it. I was like yeah, yeah yeah sure fine and then like she said it was like boom yeah. and they announced our names and the look of complete terror on my face is captured it's immortalized <laughs> I still have it on my Facebook I'm, I'm just I wide eyes just yeah. complete surprise because I did not think in a yeah, million years maybe they do that so that you get a good really good reaction when oh you, they got it for me win. because I am somebody that wears my my face <laughs> is telling you exactly what is going on in here yeah. so I made a lot of dumb faces on that show hopefully um, the do- there weren't too many dogs around or any dogs around no no, no dogs that <laughs> yeah, actually, the audience, they couldn't have real people. So they had stuffed dogs in the audience. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, I think I remember. We filmed in February yeah. of or January of 2021. Yeah. So it's still very like heavy pandemic yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. Wow. For people who haven't seen that show, what was the, you, you share the premise of it? It was a grooming oh, competition. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a bit like your, it's basically your regular formula of it's a competition reality show where uh, there's so many teams and each week there is a, a challenge and somebody gets immunity and then there's another challenge and somebody goes home. Mm-hmm. And it was, the judges were, it was hosted by Rebel Wilson and then mm-hmm. the judges were Lisa Vanderpump. Um, Jorge, who's a celebrity groomer, mm-hmm. and then Dr. Callie, who's like this just incredible veterinarian. So it was a really fun thing. I've never, it's never been something that I thought I would ever do. It was just serendipitous to end up in something like that. And certainly not something I think I'll ever see anything like that again, but, but it was a really fun time. Yeah. So you won. And what's interesting for me, at least is, okay, my, my career has been very much in this, the re it was very heavy retail, right? Retail manufacturer world. Even though I had a doggy daycare business, I don't think I realized that all of the doggy daycare communities, even that are out there within the niche and support and all the things. And then as I became a business coach, I was like, oh, wow. And then there's this pet sitting community and then the groomers, wow, these groomers have these communities and all the different niches. And so what's been now fun, I'm really understanding now over after all these years about all of the resources and communities that are out there. It's been fun to see 
the groomers that are like these celebrity groomers that you've been, that a lot of people have been on these TV shows of different kinds of TV shows or are brand reps. And I feel like the grooming industry has really, and maybe it's because of the creative grooming and, or it's, it's just such, such a vision to capture on camera of grooming dogs anyway. Right. And people love watching that stuff, but I feel like the grooming industry has just elevated how reels are done or how social media is used. And I just feel like none of the other niches, some do it, but none of them have really quite conquered yeah. it like the grooming side. What a compliment. They're a very artistic bunch. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't it's surprise so me. It's so fun. Yeah. But it's, it's fun. So yeah. It's, it's just a nice. really, again, n- never in a million years did I think that I would now say, yeah, I've been in this industry now for a, coming up on 11 years and I it's not something I sought out. It's not something I ever saw for myself. And I can't imagine my life without it. Groomers are such a, a, a funny group of people. We're like Island of misfit toys. Like people come <laughs> to grooming from all walks of life mm-hmm. and they get into it with all these strange backgrounds. Even now, just as I'm looking around at my staff, I have people that were going to be vet techs and decided they want more artistry. I have somebody with a theater background who decided she didn't actually want anything to do with that. I have some animal sciences and behaviorists, and I have people that have had nothing to do and don't even have a dog at home, and they didn't know that they would be doing this, but they love it. So it it is interesting because groomers are they're a, a different bunch of people to lead. You have to have a lot of, I think, emotional intelligence, which is something that I'm always struggling to grow for myself. But it is one of the most fulfilling parts of my career is to help lead groomers in some small way. Yes. And you are doing that actually in a very big way <laughs> because you are now teaming up with Barkley even more with their pet cruises. Yes. Again, the grooming industry is like the bunch I totally missed out on when I was in my guest. Or now I'm like, we, I hear that all the time. People are like, we need a pet boss cruise. And I was like, oh, but it's oh my gosh, really happening. I know no, we should now. You like, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk after this. What okay. a great idea. Yeah. So the Barkley Pet Pro Cruise has actually been going on for years. I think this year is actually the 30th anniversary. So what? they've been doing that. Yeah. They've oh, been doing then I really missed time. out from back and before. And now I'm late exactly. to the game. <laughs> so it's, it was this like this little passion project for them, this little best kept secret. And it was just a bunch of groomers. It was like really high rate of repeat groomers that would go and go on these cruises, select a seminar speaker and to come in and talk about grooming on the sea days. And then the rest of the time, it's just about networking and fun. And it's really uh, it, it, it's very casual. And I think that's its charm. So I was invited to do one in January. I was the speaker. And I, to my surprise and delight, the travel advisor that had been working with them actually announced her retirement that year. And even funnier enough, my other hat, in addition to science teacher, business owner, is I dabble in travel agent kind of things. And so I've always been, I just gotten into it and I was mostly just doing like Disney trips, universal trips, that sort of thing. And I was like, oh, I could book that. I could do that. So I took that on as well. So I help plan the cruises. I, I pick out what itinerary will work best for us and has the like right number of sea days and make sure the ship is big enough for all these groomers <laughs> because we we do yeah, really many, take over. Yeah. How many people um, will go? So this last one, we had 74 groomers, but 111 of us total because some groomers bring their family, yeah. their kids, sometimes just friends. So it's, and that's the perfect balance because it's yeah. small enough that we all recognize each other and get to know each other really well, but it's big enough that we can jump around and make new friends each day. And we're not in each other's hair. We have a lot of space on the ship. 
Yeah, we just, we had one with uh, Terry DiMarino, grooming legend in September. We went to Bermuda with her and then we just got off the boat from Mexico with Blake Hernandez. And then in August, we're going to Alaska with Jay Scruggs and Sue Zecco, which is going to be just absolutely incredible. So it's actually right after Super Zoo. So I got to do all my Christmas shopping and then just get on the boat. It's really great because I think sometimes when you go to a mixer and you're like, this is networking and yeah. you feel like you have to like quickly go talk to people and give them the spiel and make all these connections. And in the cruise, it's just, it just happens and it's more organic. And if you hang out with somebody for a little bit that day, great. And if you don't, that's all right too. So it's just a really great way for groomers to reconnect with each other, recharge their batteries, especially the January one coming off the uh-huh. Christmas rush. And it's just a really great vibe. But yeah, that's I love awesome. doing it. Cool. Cool. If there's, I guess, one last piece of advice that you have for small business owners that have, I'll give you a little more specific, that would have a salon like yours. Okay. A salon like yours where they're managing the team and maybe high customer expectations and it's just a lot, right? They're feeling like they're a little overwhelmed maybe with all of the, all that's coming at them. What advice do you have? I am nowhere without my team. I'm nowhere without my team. So when I'm overwhelmed about the amount of work that I have to do, I bring it back to investing in them. I have the most amazing number one. I'm a big Star Trek fan. So my number one is my general manager, but also trust your team to make mistakes. So give them things they're not ready for. Like I'm, if payroll's too much for you, offload it. And if scheduling's too much for you, offload it and let them make mistakes because that's how they're going to learn. And you have to build out that team. Otherwise you're going to be running everything till the end of time. And that's not what you want. So no. entrust them and, and they're going to love doing it. Well, yes. Without you micromanaging them on it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love doing it once they actually have built that confidence and maybe even get to put their own suggestions and ideas into how it's done. Yeah. I love that. That's great. And plus, if you have to do payroll all the time, you can't go on these fun cruises. That's right. And what if you're out on the cruise and there's no Wi-Fi and you you don't be running payroll from the pool deck? That's (laughs) not going to work. Never. Oh, well, Karina, it's been great to have you here today. I appreciate your time so much. And I look forward to having you participate more in Pet Boss Nation's educational content. That would be fantastic. That would be great. Candice, I just want to say thank you so much. I am like drinking up this retail cool laid and I'm like falling in love with the whole new side of my industry that I didn't know was there. And a lot of it is just the content that you make and you put out. And so it's really great to have a resource when you're just starting off and going to super zoo is, can be very overwhelming when you have you, when you have maybe like 600 square feet of (laughs) retail space to work with. Thank you so much for having me and thanks for what you do. Oh, thank you. All right. I will see you on the next episode of the boss your business podcast. Thanks so much. Wow, we surpassed 75,000 downloads of this podcast. I just can't believe it. So thank you so much for tuning in every week and for being part of the show. It would mean the world to me if we got to 80,000. Could you imagine? And then, oh my gosh, all the way to 100,000? My mind would be blown. So to do that, I need your help though. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast in case you haven't done that. Plus, I would love for you to tell other pet professionals about the amazing resources and ideas and strategies and tips and stories that myself and our clients and the people that we feature 
bring to you every single week. Okay. So recommend this show to your fellow pet industry professionals, have them visit petboss.com forward slash podcast, and they'll find all the old episodes and exactly how to connect with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It really means so much to me that you choose this podcast as part of your business education and journey here in the pet industry. Thank you.